Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Rachel Peterson, aka the queen of social media. In 2016, Rachel transitioned out of her day job to found The Viral Touch, an award-winning social media marketing agency, and she is now a leading authority on storytelling through social media and Facebook ads. In this episode, you'll learn how Rachel made her transition from corporate to running her own social media marketing agency, why social media management is a great option for moms and dads, the mindset shifts needed to use social media for your clients, the pitfalls of newbie social media managers, and how Social Media United can help you get started. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Rachel Peterson. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. David, I am so excited to be here. We're going to have a blast. Yeah. Well, hey, for those of uh, that are listening that aren't necessarily familiar with your story of the transition from working in the corporate environment to working for yourself, will you mind just kind of giving us a background? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I am still a pretty new entrepreneur. I've only been doing this full time for three years and my history is actually not related to marketing. So I actually used to work full time as a hairstylist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and I was a colorist specifically one day a client came in and she said, you know, my husband has this company and we need some help with our social media. And my immediate thought was, Oh, I can't, I can't charge somebody to help them. But as she started to talk, I realized that her knowledge of social media was pretty minimal. Um, she was talking, she kept talking about Twitter being tweeter. She was like, this is my Twitter account. I have to figure this out. And I was like, okay, I think I can help her at least. So maybe I don't know everything about social media, but if I can help get her on the right track, beautiful. So I actually went to their house and started uh, helping them just for, you know, $15 an hour. But the big thing that was a big breakthrough for me was this realization, I could do this. I could actually learn social media and help people and get paid for it. Like that's a win-win. This sounds amazing. So I took a huge leap of faith, not in leaving my nine to five, but actually just jumping into marketing. So with no degree, no formal experience and no real reason for a marketing agency to hire me. I jumped into the agency world and actually became a marketing um, strategist for a digital marketing agency in Minnesota. Now I did that for a little bit and kind of went from one job to the next and realized, okay, I like marketing. I don't like doing marketing on someone else's terms. What I'm really craving is waking up when I want to spending time with my kids, being able to go to field trips. And it was actually when my daughter was sick, like two days in a row. And I got written up at my nine to five that I realized I got to figure something else out or else I have to learn to play by the rules. And I think I'd rather figure something out than play by the rules. So I started securing clients on the side and I was not prepared for what happened. I thought it would, you know, maybe give me a side income, maybe someday it would turn into a viable business. But within six months, David, I had fully replaced my income from my nine to five with clients on the side. So I had to make a decision and it was really tough. And I didn't know that this was something people did all the time, but I left my nine to five and just a few months later increased my revenue slash income and brought my husband home from his nine to five. Wow. 
That is amazing. And that was purely focused on social media management. That was purely focused on social media management. There was a little bit of like, I'll help set up some emails or an occasional blog post, but I didn't understand all of the technical sides of blog posts or emails. I just knew how to help a little bit. And that was not focusing on anything crazy advanced or Facebook ads. That was just mostly organic social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have found in working with clients, you know, if they have something if they have nothing or even something that's really bad, they're looking for any help. You do not have to be this mega expert in order to help them. Just like you said, she was talking about Twitter. It's like she she just needs somebody like two steps ahead of her. That's all she needs. Exactly. And so I think that was a really good intro for me since there wasn't really a, a common theme of people becoming social media managers with no experience. I hadn't really seen it done, especially not by anyone who is like me which is a mom, um, someone with no formal experience, someone who is a hairstylist, completely unqualified. I hadn't really seen that happening regularly. So for me, it was kind of this realization of, okay, I'm going to have to blaze this trail and see if I can do this. And they were a great starting place, even though it was $15 an hour, that was awesome and a great place to start. Mm -hmm. So why would social media management be a great option for moms or dads who want to stay home with their kids? Like somebody's listening today, they're, they're going, you know, to their job. Maybe they're listening to this on their commute going, Oh my God, I'm dying here. I'm playing. Like I got to play by the corporate rules. I got to play by this boss's rules. I want to make my own rules. Like why besides playing with your own rules, playing by your own rules, what are some of the reasons why social media management might be a good option for them? So I'll just relate it to my story. And this was so crazy because I remember this moment when I realized there's not freedom in corporate, not the freedom I'm looking for. I want to be able to be there for my kids. I want to be able to go meet them for lunch if I want to. I want to be able to, you know, see them after school on days where that a lot where that's allowed. Um, I want to take them to their sports. I want to be able to do this stuff, even if it doesn't mean I'm always doing it. I at least want the choice. Mm -hmm. And so I remember every day we'd come home from our nine to five, which for me was really more like eight to five. And for my husband, it was more like nine to seven. It was crazy. And we get home and we were so tired. And I remember just thinking like, are we just going to be exhausted every day for the rest of our careers and come home and barely be able to get dinner together, let alone have time to bond, um, forget family dinner slash cleanup slash getting laundry. Oh, it was just like, I felt like we were constantly playing catch up, let alone never getting ahead. And so for me, the, the great thing when I started to work for myself was that we got to spend time with our kids in the morning. We got to spend time with our kids in the evening and that's actually even changed. We can dive into that in a moment. That's changed recently. Um, We were able to go on trips and work on a trip. So for example, if there's a great deal on Groupon for a trip to Seattle for the weekend or the week, we can do it. We don't have to ask a boss. We can take the kids head on over and I can work without even dropping a, a, you know, a moment, a beat. And so for me, there was just this beautiful freedom of, I can spend more time with my kids. I can spend happier time with my kids and my kids get to see as I'm doing something I actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. You said some things have changed recently where you've got some more time in the afternoon or evening, you said? 
Yeah. So this was a big change for us. Um, one thing I did that not everybody has to do is I actually built two businesses at the same time, which I do not recommend for most people. Not everybody wants an agency that does a million dollars a year with a whole team of people in an office. That's one of the things that I did build and kind of step back and said, okay, what do I really want now? Now that we've built two companies that do a million dollars a year each, which is not what everyone has to do. What do I really, really want? And I realized that while my kids were getting great time with their grandma, who's our full-time nanny from nine to six, I needed some more time with my older kids who are eight and four, um, our two girls, Dakota and Delilah. And so I decided, and my husband and I talked about this quite a bit, what if we brought the girls home at three o'clock every day? and let them not necessarily spend time with us, but spend time near us and see what we're doing and learn about entrepreneurship and hear conversations. So every day after school, our kids come home at three and they'll oftentimes read a book or play on their iPad or watch a movie or do something in my office, but they're right here, right by me. Mm. And so that extra time of a little, you know, cuddle or a snuggle before a call, that extra time of them getting to hear the lingo of business, it's actually really, really special and we're loving it. And are they asking questions or, you know, like, what, what did you mean when you did this mom? Or why are you so passionate about that? Or like, give me an example. Yeah. So a great example is, well, I'll say first and foremost, Delilah is kind of just like, you're the boss. That's all she says. It's like, you're the boss, mom. And she's four. Boss. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't really click for her quite yet. Those those like, names, by the way, Dakota, Delilah. And then the third, what's the third name? It's got to be a D. Come on, give it to me. It's Dominic. Yes. 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 That's awesome. So we've got Dakota, Delilah, and Dominic. And um, Dominic does not come home at three for obvious reasons. I still have to get work done. And to be honest with him being 11 months, it's just not very productive for sure. me. Um, so with Dakota, Dakota became incredibly fascinated. She is fascinated by the world of building your own platform. She wants to so badly, but I'm first teaching her how to film videos, be confident on camera, how to edit videos. And so she's actually been diving in and learning graphic design and video editing on her own with no help from me. And so that's been really, really rewarding to watch as she's developing skills that I didn't learn until I was 25. You know, it's, it's amazing though. That's so cool. So somebody who is listening and goes, man, I, I want to maybe dabble in this. I want to maybe take on getting a client, but I've only used social media accounts for my own personal usage. What are some of the mindset shifts that she might need to go through in order to make that jump from personal accounts to managing someone's business account? Yeah. So some of the things that are interesting about social media marketing is that universities don't know where to start universities only know how to approach it with like a traditional marketing approach. But one thing that's kind of fun to keep in mind is if you've ever had a snarky or an interesting or a fun or creative post on your personal profiles, then you probably stand a chance at social media management. Meaning if you've put up a picture of your kids that sparked a conversation or you asked a question that got a bunch of answers that's kind of an indication that you understand how social media works. Some of the companies that are killing it include like Chipotle and Wendy's. Oh my gosh, Wendy's is just slaying it on social media. And I guarantee you that that wasn't taught in college. It's somebody who said, hey, I have a funny answer to that. 
and suddenly it took off. So if you've ever had something creative or interesting or a fun thought, then you probably stand a good chance at being a social media manager. Mm -hmm. Those things seem to be a bit more on the risky side rather than, hey, we've got a special two for one, you know, deal at, you know, whatever mom and pop restaurant. Like how, how do you, as you're managing your own clients or you're, you know, thinking through that, how do you do this more the straightforward versus always trying to push the envelope? What's your approach on that? Great question. So we don't push the envelope all the time because I know that probably seems really intimidating to people. But when I first started, it was very straightforward as in, you know, like check out this awesome blog post with recipes you're going to love. And I realized that a lot of what we do is just as simple as not being overly salesy. So your job with social media is just to nurture and foster social conversation. So if you have ever like shared a recipe, think about how you shared it. A company could do the same thing. Or if you have a picture of happy customers, is there something that you can come up with that explains that picture? Maybe it's as simple as caption this pic. So you can actually just kind of keep things with, with you can keep things going without being overly controversial. Um, we only do that when there's an agreed upon controversial uh, stance from a client or an aggressive or pushing the envelope kind of approach, but we don't regularly do that. However, once you start managing social media, you realize the more creativity you can put into it, the more A, fun you have, B, results you get, and C, the more your clients rave about you. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership. And you don't want to miss out. So subscribe and then leave a quick review. Click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. Can you give us an example, and whether you share the name of the client or not is is obviously up to you, where you had an idea that you felt like, okay, this kind of pushes the envelope. Maybe they were a little nervous about it, but then you negotiated for them to actually move forward with it. Can you give us an example of something like that? Absolutely. So I had a client, um, not early on, but in my first year of social media management. And I said, is it okay if I create these little whiteboard videos with your products? Now keep in mind, I have no idea how to do a whiteboard video and I have no idea how to do any of this, but I know that there are free apps that can put together pictures. And the client was like, I can't imagine how that would look it just, it doesn't really sound like us. And I said, no, it'll be cute and it'll be classy and it'll be, you know, fun and sweet and people will love it. And they said, tell you what, why don't you create it and we can see how it goes. So I created this little app. It's in front of a whiteboard and it just says a love story, like a a gluten-free love story. And it's these two products that meet and then end up embracing. And suddenly a bunch of little mini products pop up. So I was like, okay, it's kind of risky, but it's not really, it's creative. It's fun. We'll see if they like it. 
So I brought it to the client and they absolutely loved it. They were like, this is so fun. This is well done. Um, And it was just as simple as taking a bunch of photos on my phone and compiling them together into a video. Wow. Okay. So somebody says, all right, I want to take that first step. I want to think about getting a client, but I don't know where to start. Like, where would I even look for a client? What do I say to them? How do I know what to charge? What am I delivering? You know, what what would be the first steps you would walk them through? Yeah. So I will say first and foremost that I've broken down a lot of this in free places. So if someone's like, it's not clicking yet. I don't understand. I explain all of this on YouTube, on my podcast. I actually have a podcast episode called 73 Ways to Find Your First or Next Client. Um, I give away a lot for free because I know that once you experience it, you're going to be hooked and you're going to say, oh, I want to be a social media manager. This is so fun. So the very first thing I recommend is approaching people who own businesses that is one of the biggest misconceptions about securing clients. Most people think that you go to the marketing department to secure a client. It doesn't work like that. You actually want to deal directly with the decision maker who is the CEO, the president, the owner, the founder. Um, That's where you are actually going to start. How you find those clients is totally up to you. It could be at your local BNI or chamber. Um, It could be a conversation you have in a line at a Starbucks. Anywhere that you meet someone who owns a company, that's a place where you can secure a client. And I personally like to find a lot of clients on LinkedIn. They can head to your YouTube or obviously your podcast uh, to check out that specific episode. It's called 72 Ways. That one is um, 73 Ways to Find... 73, not 72. My apologies. 73. It's okay. (laughs) Actually, in the podcast, I say, okay, maybe it's not 73, but it's like, 42. So, but I just made up a number and we're going to go a lot, a lot of ways. Exactly. So I, I share a lot of that in my podcast. I share a lot of that on my YouTube channel, but I actually, this was something that accidentally came about was I had tons of people asking me how to do what I'm doing. And I was like, well, I I don't want to tell people I can get them to leave their nine to five because that seems like a lot of responsibility to take on, but I could help people secure their first client or their next client. And so I actually created an entire program that teaches people how to become successful social media managers. And now we've actually helped a lot of people leave their nine to fives using exactly what I teach. Mm, That is so powerful. So these new social media managers, they're jumping in. What are the pitfalls that you're seeing as you're teaching people to be social media managers? What are those those hurdles or pitfalls that, man, they just tend to fall into that first six months or year? Oh man, the common pitfalls that come up are number one, imposter syndrome. Everyone says like, I feel like an imposter. I don't feel like I'm worthy of running social media. Um, But what they don't realize is there are a lot of people with bad intentions who actually are in the marketing space, who only care about themselves, don't care about their clients, don't care about their work. The fact that you feel imposter syndrome says that you care. And so it's actually a good thing that should be celebrated. Uh, Another one I see is people working for free. I don't ever teach to work for free. That's not a part of my model. It never has been and never will be. And then number three, I see social media managers who are just starting out or people considering being social media managers who are like, I have to charge $200 or $300 a month because it's my first client. And it doesn't actually work like that. The market actually allows us to charge 500 per platform, $1,000 a month for management. And it goes up 
from there. But those are the big things that come up over and over again, David. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome, uh, yeah. feeling working like for working for free and charging too low of an amount of money. Exactly. Yeah. How would you encourage someone to overcome that imposter syndrome? Just to say, we'll stop thinking that way. Obviously that doesn't work. You know, stop it. Uh, like how, how do you help people process through that? Oh man. So when I help people process imposter syndrome, I help them to recognize what those lies actually are. Because I think sometimes when fear or doubt or I guess feelings of not being worthy are swirling in our head, it's hard to step back and actually approach what those are because we haven't even identified exactly what those thoughts are. So I'm a big believer in stepping back and saying, okay, let's actually listen to those thoughts for a second and write them down. What are they? And are these things you've experienced before in a job? Perhaps when you had a new promotion? One thing that's interesting when you become an entrepreneur is it's like you're constantly promoting yourself. You're constantly able to secure a new client, make more money. And so like in a nine to five where we experience those panics of, I just got a promotion. I have to learn new things. I'm scared. This is uncomfortable. You're always facing that when you become an entrepreneur. It just becomes normal at some point. Mm-hmm. There's always something in front of in front of us that's a challenge, a new challenge, or a new opportunity. Either one with each challenge comes an opportunity. Yeah. As you were starting, you've been doing this for three years full time. Yep. And it, was there a point at which you felt like, okay, I'm okay. I've got my feet underneath me. Like I'm. I, I've got. I've got my. I got a handle on this. Like, at what point did you begin to feel that way, or or do you not feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> I actually like part two of that quite a bit. Um, I will say that there could have been a lot of points where I felt that way, but I am somebody that likes to always take on bigger challenges and try something scarier, harder. Just. I like to challenge myself. So if I find myself sitting in a zone of comfort, that is now very uncomfortable to me. I know I'm not in the right place. That's not the case for everybody. So some people are going to say, oh, I finally got a handle on this. I feel good. I'm confident. Great. That's wonderful. That would be the moment where I'd be like, I've been sitting here for too long. It's time to keep moving and keep progressing. So I will say there were a lot of opportunities to feel that. And I didn't really let it sit. (laughs) So I get bored. You know, I get bored in those moments. And my wife's like, why are you doing that? You could have just stayed right there and just enjoyed the moment. I enjoyed the moment for a couple of minutes. And then you just, let's, let's build this. Let's create this. Why not? And I do find that the faster I pick up and go to the next challenge, the easier it is to keep momentum going. The easier it is to not live in that imposter syndrome of what's about to come the longer I sit in between kind of leveling up, the harder it is to level up because I can psych myself up. So I'm just like, let's go. Let's take it on. Yes, it's going to be big. Yes, it's going to be maybe even scary, but why not? Let's go. Sure. So now I've got my first client. I also have a full-time job and yet I need to be managing this or posting or, you know, connecting with people during the day? Like, how do I do this? How do I do all of this at the same time? 
Great question. So when I was working in my nine to five, and keep in mind, I'm not somebody that teaches to burn your boats and just leave your nine to five. I don't believe in that because a lot of us have families and kids and mortgages. And I think it would be irresponsible for me to say, just go dive in because everyone has a different journey. So what I actually did is I worked and built my entire clientele on top of my nine to five. So I was waking up early and working then, working over lunch, working in the evenings, working on the weekends. And that sounds like a lot of work. And yes, it was. But I had this belief that if I did that for six months or however long, it's better to sprint through it than to deal with the marathon of constantly being in limbo and constantly being unhappy. So for me, it was like how fast can I get results and get out of this nine to five? So it's not forever. It's just a season. Mm -hmm. So you have a program that you alluded to earlier called Social Media United. And that's a way that kind of a first step beyond your free resources that people can definitely dive into and will link to. Social Media United is a way for them to really dive in to get the help that they need to become a social media manager. Tell us how that might be helpful for some of the people that are listening today. Absolutely. So basically, Social Media United is the program I wish I had had. I remember I was like frantically Googling, what does a proposal look like? How do I create a content plan? How do I build my clients? Like everything was new to me. And so as I started to help other people to build their own social media businesses, all the while still running my own agency, I thought, what can I do to shortcut the process for others so they don't have to learn by failure, but instead learn with tested and proven templates and processes and trainings so that in a weekend, you can learn so much that you're like, I actually know a lot about social media. I can go out there and talk the language of social media. So it, it's there as kind of like, a, let's take the next step. Let's take this seriously. And it's not a crazy expensive $3,000, $10,000 program or even $40,000 a year like some universities are. It's something that honestly is there as a resource to you for when you're ready to start really picking up and making this happen. And would you say Social Media United would be beneficial to somebody who maybe isn't looking to start an agency, but just looking to grow their own social media platform personally? You know, I'll be totally honest. It is possible. We have some business owners who join and say, oh my gosh, this is like the secret weapon of business owners because I'm learning where social media managers are learning. But that being said, it's very tailored to social media managers. There's not, I wouldn't say it's recommended for business owners, but you can still learn from it. It all depends on how you learn. Um, I'm the kind of person where I can learn from something that's not designed for me and still learn. And it's, you might be like that too, aren't you, David? Sure, yeah. I can learn from anything. But if you're someone who's like, I take things very literally. And if you explain it as if it's my client, not me, I'm going to struggle, then it's not for you as a business owner. Gotcha. And you have a special offer. It's seven days access. Is that right? Yep. Seven days access for just $1. $1, seven days access. And then uh, they can go to join SMU for Social Media United. We'll obviously put that in the show notes, but join smu.com uh, to get more information. And of course, we'll link to your website, Rachel Peterson. 
com. So Rachel, any final words of wisdom or encouragement for somebody who's kind of thinking this might, I just, I just think this is a powerful opportunity for people, moms, moms who have stay at home kids who are looking to make extra money. They're already using social media, maybe all day. Now it's just leveraging it to generate income. I just think this is a great thing for moms. Oh my gosh, it's been a game changer. And we've had now over 5,000 social media managers or people who didn't know that they were social media managers till they became them go through this program. And every day I'm hearing stories of our members who say, for example, I covered my mortgage payment with one client. Like that's a game changer. Or another, you know, Nicole in SMU, she said, I, I paid for my groceries. You don't understand that freed us up and allowed me to breathe. Or there's, you know, some of my students who will hit a $5,000 a month, or even this is the big, elusive, crazy, crazy goal of the $10,000 a month. It is totally doable. But the greatest part is you get to decide exactly what you want your social media management to look like. Is it a part-time thing that helps you to just pay for baby activities? Or is it going to be something that replaces your nine to five and becomes something you're incredibly passionate about? For a lot of people, an extra $500 to $1,000 a month is a huge amount of money. And it, right, it, like in some areas of the country, I live in Southern California, $1,000 won't even get you a room. But in yeah. other areas of the country, <laughs> $1,000 is an entire mortgage payment. Yes. Yes. And I remember back, you know, back when I was a single mom, we, I used to always go with my dad and we'd give blood plasma for an extra, what, $240 a month. I mean, we would spend hours giving blood plasma so that we could make our ends meet. And if I had known that social media management was an option, I wouldn't have to deal with these like track stars, you know, from blood plasma. But if anything, I wish that I had known that that was available. And so now I'm so proud to make it available and, and known and supported to others. Okay. Before we leave, for those who are watching this on YouTube, show off your fingernails. Cause I commented on them when I first, you know, came online. Tell us yes. about them. We've got Cinderella <laughs> blue sparkly nails. Um, I do my nails however I want them to. So I go get them done uh, usually once a month. And the last ones were gold sparkly. And these ones are blue sparkly. They're perfect. Um, we're actually in, a, in the middle of a big, big uh, travel season. So we travel for work and for business and for fun and with family. Um, here's one thing that's so fun. So these might be the color that they are when we go to Santorini, Greece. Mm. Our kids, my in-laws, our team, and meeting up with a bunch of people and teaching them there. Um, but one of my favorite things is kind of the statement of this. When I go get my nails done, I think, what color can I get that I couldn't get in a past life? And I get that color, the color that wouldn't be necessarily acceptable in corporate because I can. And that freedom is amazing. That's awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking some time to impart your wisdom and your energy. I love your passion. Thank you so much for having me, David. This has been a pleasure. If you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. 
That's I-N-S-P-O-Rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo Rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.